at the time of recording this podcast, the, the whole market's pretty much up. The whole market's green. The Dow, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000, and even the VIX is in green too. The VIX probably should not be in green right now if we were truly not really in a quote-unquote recession, I guess you can say, because that's the fear gauge is the VIX. But the Dow is up pretty much, and the NASDAQ by 1% as investors weigh in the Fed's net the fed's rate move in the making or that they have made and i mean wall street is looking positive wall street is always looking forward into the future and so they think right now the future is going to be pretty bright onto wall street going forward so it's interesting to see what wall street thinks and there's a lot of talk today just in the tech sector alone in particular if you watch cnbc news they're talking a lot about tesla and their price cuts and what and why tesla is doing it but there's some other huge tech news as well like for instance on friday there was more announcements on layoffs we weren't able to cover on this podcast due to reasons personal reasons of having to take care of some stuff but you know there's a lot of tech news especially today and today's today's news for today's market okay for instance, first we have news from Microsoft. Microsoft announces new multi-billion dollar investment in chat GD, GPT maker OpenAI. And what does that mean for the company going forward? Then Spotify is making moves as well, where they're cutting about 6% of its workforce. And what does that mean for the streaming giant going forward, at least in the music and podcast industry? Then we also have news from Bank of America, JP Morgan, other banks that are teaming up to take on rival Apple Pay. I mean it's going to bound to happen where banks are going to now go up against Apple because of its Apple pay system that they have. And there's other news from Apple too. One other news that we got to talk about today is how Apple is going to be moving about 20% of its manufacturing to India. And the last thing we'll talk about last year in 2022, and it has to do with Apple as well. They spent a lot of money on lobbying in Washington. And what does this mean for the company going forward? So with that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk about this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please also note too that, like I said, I'm not a professional advisor. And you must talk to your own professional advisor as they understand your financial situation a lot better than why than I personally would. Please also remember too that I legally cannot give you financial advice and this podcast is for information entertainment purposes only. And I could be completely wrong about my opinions on this podcast after reading these articles. So you need to do your own research before investing. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Microsoft announces new multi-billion dollar investment in chat GDP maker OpenAI. From CNBC, Microsoft on Monday announced a new multi-year, multi-billion dollar investment in chat GDP maker OpenAI. Microsoft declined to provide a specific dollar amount, but the semaphore reported earlier this month that Microsoft was in talks to invest as much as $10 billion. The deal mar uh, marks the third phase of the partnership between the two companies, following Microsoft's previous investments in 2019 and 2021. Microsoft said it renewed partnership will accelerate breakthroughs in AI and help both companies commercialize advanced technologies in the future. Quote, we formed a partnership with OpenAI around a shared ambition to responsibly advance cutting-edge AI research. and 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 democratize AI as a new technology platform, Microsoft CEO said in a blog post. OpenAI works closely with Microsoft's cloud service, Azuri. In July 2019, Microsoft backed OpenAI with $1 billion, and the investment made Microsoft the exclusive provider of cloud computing services to OpenAI. Microsoft said Monday that Azuri will continue to serve as OpenAI's ex exclusive provider. Microsoft investment will also help the two companies engage in supercomputing at scale and create new AI-powered experiences, 
the release said. OpenAI is ranked by AI Research as one of the top three AI labs worldwide, and the company has developed game-playing AI software that can beat humans at video games such as Dota 2. However, it's arguably received more attention for its AI's text generation GPT-3 and its quirky AI imaging generator Dal-3. Dal you know, I'm going to say this. I honestly believe there's going to be a time soon because it says here, it says the technology also caught the attention of Google executives who said in recent all-hands meeting that while Google has similar AI capabilities, its reputation could suffer if it moves too fast on AI chat technologies, okay? <clears throat> you know, I can see Microsoft buying out this company soon. I can, okay? Because these companies are competing more for artificial intelligence across the thing, not across the thing, across the technology space right now. And... I mean, Microsoft is betting money on this right now that it's going to help them make more money, right? I mean, it's only a matter of time before they just decide, you know what, I'll just buy out the company and just make it a part of Microsoft. They'll do it little steps at a time, okay? You know, AI technologies, it's, it's getting more and more fascinating what they're trying to do with AI. That is the next wave in the making is going to be AI technology. Remember, the chip sector is still going to be a huge sector in the making because the chips will help be able to cause the AI world to happen more sooner for us. But AI will be a next segment in the making soon for technology. And don't be surprised soon if you hear people on Wall Street talk about it a little bit more because it is becoming more of a thing, especially artificial intelligence at the end of the day. And like I said, I would not be surprised soon if Microsoft doesn't buy out this company. I don't know a whole lot in this AI sector. Been barely been paying attention. I found the news noteworthy to be able to talk about at least right now. And we'll keep reporting as much news as we can when we do read about it, but AI technology is going to grow soon. And with that, it's going to it's going to end up expanding and create a new sector in the market in the making for the technology side of things. And companies will have to buy that stuff soon if they want to be able to survive in this world that, in the making. So continuing on, though, with more tech, because this whole podcast today is going to be about the tech industry in general. Spotify cuts about 6% of its workforce. And then read the memo from CEO Daniel Eek sent to staff. We won't we won't get too in details of the memo, but we do have to cover what is being talked about, though. Okay, so Spotify announced Monday it's cutting six percent of its global workforce as the music streaming company contends with a gloomy economy environment that has seen consumers and advertisers alike limit their spending. Spotify has a total workforce of around 9,800 people, which means the cuts impact about 600 employees. According to its LinkedIn profile, the company employs 5,400 people in the U.S. and 1,900 in Sweden. Shares of Spotify climbed more than 3% Monday on news of the cuss-cutting measures. Spotify, which is based in Sweden, but listed on the New York Stock Exchange, sent an internal memo to staff Monday announcing the layoffs. One of the convert conversations with affected employees will begin over the next several hours, Daniel A. Eek, Spotify CEO, wrote in a note, which was posted publicly on the company's website. Quote, like many other leaders, I hope to sustain the strong tailwinds from the pandemic and believed that our board, our broad, correction, our broad global business and lower risk to impact of a slowdown in ads would insulate us. Eek said, in hindsight, I was too ambitious, investing ahead of our revenue growth. And this reason today, we are reducing our employee base by about 6% across the company. Eek said in the company to employees that he takes full accountability for the move that got us here today. Layoff employees will receive an average of five months of severance and continue healthcare coverage. Eek said immigration support will also be available for workers whose immigration status is connected to their employment. The company warned in the Securities Exchange Commission filing that it re Redundance payouts will lead to roughly about 35 million or 38 million in this case, 35 million in I think Sweden dollars, which is 35, 38 million US dollars to 45 million of severance related charges. 
Spotify head of content is also leaving the firm. The a former president of Conde East Entertainment joined Spotify in 2018 to help the company grow its fledging advertising and podcasting business. At the time at Spotify, Oscar Rhodes signed Barack and Michelle Obama's production company, Higher Ground Productions, to have the former U.S. president and first lady work on exclusive podcasts for Spotify. She has also led the deal on exclusive rights to The Joe Rogan Show, which was responsible for negotiating exclusive podcasting deals with Kim Kardashian, Prince Harry, and Meghan Markle. Because of her efforts, Spotify grew our podcast content by 40%, drove significant innovation in the medium, and became the leading music and podcast service in many markets. <coughs> Excuse me. You said it in the memo Friday. <coughs> Correction on Monday. On Friday, Google became the latest major tech name to announce layoffs, and we won't get into that much more details on that, and we won't get into the reasonings for the letter because that is a lot, but I will say this, okay? So, I do know that Spotify's advertising budgets have been cut. You know how I know that? At the beginning of this podcast, you sometimes might hear an ad, okay? If you're not on Spotify's network or, I guess in this case, Anchor's, you probably once in a while hear an ad from me talking about if you enjoy this podcast that you should consider using Anchor, okay? I have my own quote-unquote, I guess, advertisement for this on my podcast. That advertisement actually went away recently, okay, on my own platform. And of course, on my side of things, when I see it on the Anchor side, it says, we are working hard and diligently to, to figure out new podcasts, or not podcasts, new ads that you can talk in your own voice, okay? There's like three tiers on Spotify ads when it comes to getting advert uh, sponsorships on this podcast. And I have noticed that they had taken away that ad. It started off with that, okay? And then, of course, the ads you sometimes hear in this podcast, those are also from Spotify as well. I can actually tell on days based off where companies are going with their ads because there's some days like I will receive notifications on my side that says like you had this many ads play today obviously it has to do with people listening as well but like i can tell that the ads are slowing down at least on spotify right now because like i said there's some days like i will see a an uptick on my ads that are on my podcast and then there's other days where i don't see anything at all in fact there was a while where like I think I had like a week where I didn't have any advertising happening on my podcast. So if you had listened to my podcast during that week, you probably didn't hear any ads whatsoever. And it also depends on the podcast because I didn't hear, I didn't hit ad to advertising until about end of last year, which was a big deal in this podcast. But I can see the ad side of things right now, like I said. And I do know for a fact that companies are not advertising as much. It's usually the first thing that goes. Remember, we just talked about in this podcast a couple of days ago that there was layoffs happening at a tech company, but they were laying off mostly the marketing side of things and the sales sides, and they always keep the engineers first, okay? You will know if we are in a true, true recession if engineers get laid off. That's how you'll know, okay? Engineers are always the last to get laid off, okay? From my personal experience from when I when my job status was affected during COVID, they got rid of obviously me first and then they got rid of other marketing people. But they always try to keep the engineers first at these companies. And Spotify is no different. I mean, now they're laying off people because they're not getting as many ads in because companies aren't advertising as much. And it's going to be interesting because like I said, the more I record on this podcast, the more I will know if we are truly like out of a recession session area because if my ad numbers start going up then i'll know like oh there's companies that are advertising a little bit more 
because that also means my click-through rate might increase as well, which would be a very interesting thought to think about if that were to happen. But for the time being, Spotify is laying off people. And it's an interesting thing that this is happening. And like I said, I can see it on my end. You might not see it as much because sometimes you're just listening to this podcast and there's just a random ad that gets played. But I mean, if you're hearing ads, then you know that there's at least companies that are advertising. But if you listen to some podcasts and there's not as many ads, then you'll know for a fact that the ads are drying up a little bit for at least that Spotify side of things. Okay. Now we're going to end today talking all things Apple for the remainder of this podcast today. Okay. And we'll first start with Apple Pay. Okay. It says here, Bank of America, JP Morgan, other banks reportedly team up on a digital wallet to rival Apple Pay from CNBC. Several banks are reported working on a digital wallet that links the debit and credit cards in a bid to compete with Apple Pay and PayPal. According to Wall Street Journal, the digital wallet would be operated by Early Warning Services, a joint venture from several banks, and also Zelly. The major banks involved include Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, and Bank of America, according to the report. The new wallet would initiate it and be launched with Visa and MasterCard already on the board, according to the report. Erling Warning Services confirmed to CNBC that it plans to launch a wallet production this year. The move could also be seen as an effort to slow Apple's push into consumer banking, as the tech giant already offers a brand credit card and exploring other products for its famously loyal customer base. Shares of PayPal, which the digital payments at its core business, were a little changed on Monday after initially falling more than 2%. Mercy Analysis said in a note to clients on Monday that the major banks have likely always had PayPal envy, but that it would take time for the new wallet to be a serious risk to incumbents. Quote, it simply takes a very long time, a killer customer experience, which needs to be better than incumbents, not just similar, and a compelling merchant value per proposition to build the two-sided network effects and payments to achieve scale. The report follows a mixed earnings season for big banks, which several CEOs, including Bank of America, warning of the U.S. is likely to see a mild recession. Bank stocks have struggled over the past year, even as interest rates have risen, as fears of recession and slower investment banking environment have offset gains in the net interest income. Okay. The war on payments are coming back. They will. Okay. And the only reason I say that is... You got to remember, there's been reports that we've talked about here in this past podcast. And I would listen to it in more depth when we talked about it. Where Twitter, they're thinking, Kathy Wood in particular of ARK Investment believes that Elon Musk will turn Twitter into a digital uh, banking system in some way, if I remember correctly. I can't remember the full term that she used, but she believes it would become like the super power app in the making. And now you have these banks that are having to compete. Okay. I personally believe now that the banks are not only competing with Apple, but they're also competing with Goldman Sachs. Remember, we just also read in a podcast, and I listened to more in-depth details, that Goldman Sachs admitted that Apple's payment that they were doing wasn't as a big success as they thought they were. But they do. But they did mention later on in that podcast that we talked about in the news article that they are hoping to see better traction going forward. I mean, give it time. It will grow because you have a very loyal fan base at Apple. In fact, I know someone who actually, all he uses is the Apple card for everything when he pays for everything too. So I know for a fact that's one person who's loyal and my sample size is pretty small, but I mean, there are very, very loyal people. At the end of the day, the banks are now competing with each other for customers to use their cards, okay? And Apple payment will probably continue to be a dominant force in the making. I don't expect Apple to take over for Apple Pay at the end of the day. 
I do expect them to start competing with the banks a little bit more just because they have Goldman Sachs on their side. Remember, Goldman Sachs is mostly an investment bank, not an actual working day-to-day with customers. And so these banks now, like J.P. Morgan Chase, maybe even a Wells Fargo, and at Bank of America, you name the stock or company, right? So I forgot to mention, small disclosure, I do have shares in Apple, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan Chase. Long-term, small positions. Okay, now that's out of the way real quick. Um, I have to say that... They're going to be competing with each other more. They will be. Okay. And like I just mentioned just a second ago, Goldman Sachs has never really been in the consumer, everyday consumer. They're more of an investment bank. And now they're stepping into the territory of these banks in the making. So at the end of the day, this isn't just an Apple play against the banks. It's literally a banks versus Goldman Sachs at the end of the day, because Goldman Sachs is stepping into their turf and the the war of the banks will continue to happen going forward. So But speaking of more news of Apple, because like I said, there's so much news going on with Apple, okay? From the tech sector from CNBC, Apple wants to manufacture manufacture 25% of its iPhones in India, Minister says, okay? Apple is looking to manufacture 25% of its all its iPhones in India. The country's comments minister said Monday, go, go Yale. I think that's how you say it. I'm sorry if I pronounced his name wrong. India's Minister of Commerce and Industry called Apple's another success story as he talked up the business credentials on the world's fifth largest economy. They are, Apple, already at about 5 to 7% manufacturing in India. If I'm not mistaken, they are targeting up to 25% of their manufacturing, he said at a conference. An Apple spokesperson declined to comment. Last year, Apple began assembling its flagship iPhone 14 in India. It is the first time the tech giant based in California produced its latest model in India so close to its launch. Apple has also been manufacturing iPhones in India since 2017, but they were usually older models. Taiwanese firm Foxconn, the main assembler of Apple's iPhones, is manufacturing smartphones as it's at its factory in the outskirts of Oh, correction, of the outskirts of, I think it's called Chennai in eastern India. I did not know Foxconn was in India. That's actually an interesting thought. Continuing on, says JP Morgan analysis said a note from September that Apple could make up 25% of its iPhone sales globally in India by 2025. Apple has been looking to diversify production away from China, where its current makes the bulk of its iPhones. <clears throat> and then, of course, it gets into details about how this, the Foxconn plant was shut down, and we won't get into more details on that. Okay. Now, I've I've said this before. I do believe that Apple will move its manufacturing to India a little bit. Okay. I do. And the only reason I believe that is because they're already looking at Vietnam, if I'm not mistaken. I think there was like a report I recently watched recently about how Foxconn was looking to move to some of its manufacturing to Vietnam. And of course, at the same time, it just wouldn't be, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they also moved it to India at the end of the day. Okay. And all honestly, I mean, Apple's going to continue to expand and grow. Okay. And the other thing too is, India has been making a giant push. We have mentioned this in past podcasts, but we'll continue to mention it since it's not talked about all the time. India is making a giant push to become a tech giant hub in the making. They've asked a lot of semiconductor companies to come to India to build their chips in India. They're making a push for Apple to do the same thing now too. Don't be surprised if in the future you keep reading about how more tech is moving to India at the end of the day, okay? Just as big of workforce as China. Now there's other reasons that aren't ethical, but we can't get into the full details here. But if you've studied it, you would know why Apple has moved to China for the most part. But I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they did decide to move to India at the end of the day, because there's a lot, at least from what I've read, there's a lot of talent that's in India. 
okay, when it comes to manufacturing and engineers. And there's a lot of young people apparently in India as well. Not trying to give hope to the people, obviously, but there's just trends that are happening. And the trend right now seems to be, might be going to India. There's a little bit more freedom there. Not as many restrictions. Apple was affected by COVID and their and Foxconn being able to, ha- well, not being able to, they had to shut down pretty much in China. And so don't be surprised if you start hearing more news soon about other companies that are moving into India, and especially with their tech. Keep an eye out for that. Remember, they are the fifth largest economy and it's not much longer. And we've talked about this in past podcasts. There's not much longer until potentially India becomes up there in the top four. Keep an eye out for that. It might be happening soon. Last thing we'll talk about, and this is what worries me about Apple now, okay? It says, Apple ramped up lobbying spending in 2022, outpacing tech peers, okay? CNBC, Apple ramped up its lobbying spending last year, increasing its total for the year by 44% compared to 2021, according to public disclosures. Though Apple's lobbying spending grew the most in the past year compared to its peers in the industry, it still spends far below other tech giants. Apple's total lobbying efforts came to nearly 9.4 million of all 2022, a record for the company, but just below Microsoft's 9.8 million and Google's 10.9 million. Amazon and Facebook owner Meta topped the list by total spending uh, dueling out 19.7 million and 19.2 million respectively. For Amazon, that's roughly 2% increase in spend compared to 2021, and it was a 4% decrease for Meta. The five tech giants spent a combined nearly $69 million lobbying the federal government last year, a 5% increase compared to 2021. In 2022, tech giants faced the prospect of bipartisan legislations that would be highly disruptive to their business models, such as measures including antitrust bills that would prohibit large platforms or online marketplaces from unfairly promoting their own products over others listed on their forms, or prevent app stores from forcing developers to use their in-app payment system from which they often take a cut. Those measures ultimately never got a vote on the floor of neither chamber of Congress, a fact that the bill sponsors have blamed at least in part of the aggressive tech influence campaign. Apple's public filing shows it engaged on the antitrust bills in the fourth quarter, as well as issues including online privacy, taxes, semiconductor policy, content moderation, climate change, immigration, and LGBTQ issues, including the Respect for Marriage Acts. Lobbying disclosures did, do not include details on what exactly companies advocate for their discussions. An Apple spokesperson was not immediately available for comment. And then last thing we'll read before we close today's podcast, it says other tech companies engage on, on many of the same issues. Though some also lobbied on topics more specifically to their business. For example, Amazon engaged on cloud computing and the Informed Consumers Act, a bill that recently passed through Congress that seeks to deter counterfeit goods from being sold online. Semiconductor companies also saw a big increase in their lobbying spending last year as the government considered the Chips and Science Act successful legislation that provides incentives to help grow the U.S. computer chip production. Intel, which has pledged up to spend up to $100 billion on chips manufacturing and plant in Ohio, ramped up its lobbying spending more than 72% compared to last year, totaling more than $7 million. Micron, which makes a similar pledge to build a chip production facility in upstate New York, grew its lobbying spending to about 118% compared to 2021, totaling nearly $4.2 million. And finally, crypto and fintech companies also saw a marked increase in lobbying spending in 2022, a year marked by crypto scandal, though many still spend a relative small amount. 
Coinbase resumed lobbying efforts last year after a long hiatus, according to a public database. It quickly has grown its operation, spending $3.4 million in 2022. The Blockchain Association, which represents a variety of companies in the space and has only lobbied for a few years, grew its spending to 111% compared to 2021. And finally, another company that has been in the government's crosshairs is TikTok owner Bytee Dance. Saw only modest growth in spending this year, up from 4% from the year prior at $4.9 million. Congress successfully passed a ban on the app on government devices. It comes as the company seeks to reach a resolution with the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. to continue operations while mitigation the risk of its connections to a Chinese owner. And, correction, which has raised alarms for intelligence officials and policymakers. After having the biggest lobbying quarter in Q2, topping $2 million, it dropped its spending below $1 million in the next two quarters. Okay. Okay. This is all I'm going to say about this. Okay. I have heard plenty of times from people that oil companies lobby a lot. Okay. And there's also that meme that goes around on Instagram sometimes that says if politicians were honest about who's lobbying them and it shows like Congress sitting, they're all sitting there on their tables and they're like, they have like signs up that says who's, who's lobbying them and who's supporting them and all that stuff, right? Tech companies can do what they want at the end of the day, but it is something that does need to be talked about. Okay. I mean, We've heard a lot about how oil companies lobby a lot from politicians sometimes, but we never hear about the tech side of things. And that should be a little concerning for people. Tech controls a lot of the world. As I have mentioned in the past, okay, do not be surprised if the next big quote unquote oil in the making is the the semiconductor space, okay? It will be. Okay. There's actually a whole report from some, I can't remember the dude's name on YouTube, but he does a whole thing. And I've been talking about it for months because, I, like I said, I firmly believe it. There's like some YouTuber that did a huge report recently about the whole chips thing. And he said it's the next big oil. He he admitted it too. Don't know if he listens to this podcast, but if he does, I mean, that's that's great for us at the end of the day here at Stock Market Observation. But the tech companies are lobbying a lot. Tech companies make a lot of money, probably a lot more than oil. Remember, ExxonMobil reported earnings, I think it was last quarter, and so did Apple. And Exxon missed the the earnings of Apple by like $1 million or something like that. Like they were awfully close to topping Apple, okay? But they didn't at the end of the day. These tech companies are going to have a lot of sway going forward. They will in some way, shape, or form. I mean, even look at TikTok. TikTok was lobbying as well. Why is no one talking about this? It's probably because they don't want to at the end of the day. We'll keep reporting as much as we can, but remember, there are things that are happening for these companies. Apple will probably continue to lobby because Apple has a ton of money on hand, okay? They do. And Apple can do that. I mean, like like I said, companies can do what they want, but no one's going to be talking about it. And we'll continue talking about it here on this podcast, but tech companies are going to control things. And they're going to control the how society probably goes going forward. In which direction it goes. Keep an eye on that for that people. Tech companies are slowly controlling the world in some way, shape, or form, and they'll continue to be the new oil in the making as our society evolves in technology. So that being said, I have to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription continues to help grow this podcast. So we'll be able to keep talking about events that are happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't. It doesn't have the time to talk about. Please also continue sharing with friends or family as it help, has helped grow this podcast as much as possible. And I thank my fellow listeners who have continued to share this podcast. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. 
Thank you and goodbye.